are tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. Welcome to BLM Community, more than just a hashtag. I'm your host, Saka Smith, and I'm joined by my panelists. This is a show about race and inequality, and we've got some wonderful panelists today. We've got two-time Emmy winner and creator of Ghostwriters TV, Jackie Fern. We've got editor-in-chief of Afro Vegan Beauty and licensed cosmetologist, Carrie Neek. And we've got model and creator of Soul Sessions, Obigel Yaku Asiano. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for joining me once again. We had a great conversation last time. I just really wanted to continue the conversation. So much has already happened. We got the breaking news that the four, the other officers were charged. Um, that is Thomas Linnell, Tu mm-hmm. Tao, and Jay Alexander Kung were finally charged with aiding and abetting second degree murder. Uh, the charge was upgraded for Derek Chauvin um, to second degree murder, felony second degree murder. What are your thoughts? How are you guys feeling about that? Is this going to be helpful for the movement? Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited about this. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, energy-wise, it just, you know, it, it uplifts, you know, it gives us a, this this teeny bit, teeny bit more of hope mm-hmm. that uh, justice is going to be served or justice will now be looked at as a forefront versus just passing them off, letting them off. So this is just this beautiful um, and it's very much needed, especially during these times. I hate I hate that we had to do this though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you know what I'm course. saying? I think now that I'm kind of soaking in the news a little more, because I'm I'm from Chicago originally. I've, I've been in LA for about five years, and my city's response to the violence for the protest thing for this is we're turning on each other, and that's what we're known for. We're known for our gang activity, we're known for the violence in our city, and so it's really kind of made the Hispanics turn on the blacks. And now that's the thing all its own. Now I'm and I'm going home tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on now? And it's all been ignited kind of, you know, even further than it originally is because of this. We have to do all of this to get that kind of justice. And it just doesn't, it doesn't add up. Yeah. And for my me, background. Yeah, yeah, I read this. Go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead, Shaka. And I was just gonna say for my background as an attorney, I wanna make sure we keep this energy up to conviction because, you know, charges are just charges. You know, we, we don't have conviction yet. Uh, how about you, Jackie? For me, when I read this news, I was truly overjoyed because it feels like police officers are finally being held accountable and the trickle down effect of that will really resonate with different police forces throughout the entire country and maybe be the catalyst for police reform. And more so yesterday, and actually maybe yesterday and two days ago, um, a link started going viral. It's a link that I share throughout all of my platforms where if you click on it, it automatically generates a fully drafted email that goes to the Minneapolis Police Department and the Minneapolis Union, different factions like that, demanding that the three other officers be charged and taken into custody, right? Mm -hmm. And big influencers like Gigi Hadid were all sharing this too. And then within 24 hours, this news happened this morning. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's a small victory, but it feels like, oh my goodness, if we're really able to pressure a system so much and actually result in charges wow this is like you know when you're on a diet and you just you're you have a like a hundred pound goal weight loss or something and you're slowly losing weight here and there this kind of feels like that like small little victories Mm -hmm. here and there that 
uh, encourage you to keep going when the police keep putting more restrictions on protesting and how to make change, you know? Yeah, that's actually encouraging, but I'm almost worried. I, I wish it didn't take like an automatically generated letter. I wish we could like really be active and write these letters, but I'll take it any way we can get it right now. But yeah. man, I, it was, it's a 50-50 there. <laughs> Um, but we got to talk a little bit about performative activism as well. That was sort of in the news. Yesterday was Blackout Tuesday. And of course, I got so many mi mixed messages on Blackout Tuesday. First, it was a music industry thing. Then we're doing it worldwide. Then it's like, let's not do Black Lives Matter. Let's do a different hashtag. Uh, but people were also being accused of just throwing it up there just as a way to look like part of the group and not, mm -hmm. not authentically wanting to um, engage in activism. I... My question to you guys is, does that help the movement or hurt the movement? Because is it possible that even performative active, activism can be helpful? I feel like Black people were frustrating me yesterday because no one was doing any research before they decided to be involved in that protest. Nobody was looking up the origin of it, figuring out why the strategy was implemented and who created it. They just wanted to ride a wave, some people, it seemed, in under the umbrella of the idea of solidarity. Like, you know, well, at least we're all doing it together and they can see our numbers. And can't you see, look at us. We have all these numbers. It's like, but you're missing the mark because we're not unified. We have vision, but we don't have clarity on the vision before we start behaving in different directions. So it just seemed it's like it was spiraling out of control. We weren't able to access certain information online because now we got all these black squares. You know what, I, it just didn't make any sense. If we were gonna black out someone's message, if we were gonna silence a voice, tag a company, hashtag something that, you know, that community needs to find and needs to see, not us. Mm. I just felt like it was a little misguided and I don't know if it did what it was supposed to do. I um I sat on on, on a live and I was uh, kind of in the the middle right because I I felt that there was something underlying I felt there was something negative with it that it wasn't what was it going to do what was one day of blacking out going to do with this perpetual need for a change um, now if you're saying take three to six months to black out like you said a company or you know, the police department or anything of that nature, then I can see that, or we take three, six months to not buy something or not do something, then that's fine. But I was having a, such a hard time. And I ended up, I wanted to black out to, to start my page from what I had before to uh, things for Black Lives Matter and, 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 just, and just positive um, energy to help uplift. So it ended up having to coincide and I decided to do both. I was like, okay, I'll black out for the solidarity based on what I did know at, uh, its origin in the music industry and wanting to, um, to, to stop putting attention on the everyday, whatever you're doing every day, now focus on educating, on, on putting up what's, what's the most important. And then after that, I felt like people even though it blacked out Black Lives Matter, the hashtag, people started to understand that that's not what we're supposed to do. This is this is the route that we're supposed to be taking. And it started to shake people up and started to make people pay attention to what was needed. But it was very misunderstanding. I, I would have loved a video from right. I would have loved something that gave direction, like, hey, this video, and now do this action based off this reason. And mm -hmm. this is what we're trying to uh, accomplish, so. 
And don't just do it for a day. If we're gonna be about that life, we gotta do it. We we needed to do that consistently, and then maybe the hashtag changes so that the so the attention can change to another facet of this fucked up situation. Like (laughs) we just needed to be a little more mobilized and strategized. Mm-hmm. See, my view was yeah. I, I actually felt I, I felt a feeling of like, oh my god, so many people are in on this movement. Even if someone posted it just to post it, they still took the time to think of that. And there's some people who are unwilling to post it at all because that's just not their heart. And so I still appreciated seeing it. But the the greater question, I think we were talking about this earlier, Jackie, is we saw the one viral video of the girl that kind of looked like she was taking a picture with a small business owner and you're or trying to help board up some, you know, do something for the Black Lives Matter cause. And then, you know, she takes a quick picture, runs in the car and she goes and says, you know, you know, Black Lives Matter. That performative activism really got um, railed online, of course. Is there any benefit to it, though, when someone like that still posts online? and that message is amplified, even if the activism isn't what we're used to? Is that a new form of activism that is still just as valid? So it's interesting, when that video came out, it definitely went viral. I mean, even Ava DuVernay tweeted it, and the amount of disgust was really visceral, seeing this white passing woman, I don't know what her ethnicity is, but uh, this white woman (laughs) go up to a man trying to board up a building that's been destroyed and then taking a picture for her Instagram, then makes a joke, this is my Instagram boyfriend, Black Lives Matter, BLM, thank you. And doesn't help, isn't trying to advance the cause, isn't trying to check her own privilege. You can tell from that video, it reeks of privilege and entitlement. Mm -hmm. Using this truly uh, racial uprising as a photo op for your Instagram. It's sickening, right? Whereas the peop- a majority of people who tried to do Blackout Tuesday, you know, the two women who created that, the intention was so beautiful, but it was so convoluted and confusing. And mm. a lot of people, and it changed so fast, like out minute to minute. It was like yeah. a meme perfectly explained it. Post a black square, solidarity. All the black leaders saying, don't do that. Remove Black Lives Matter post, solidarity. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's It was so confusing, but I think, it brought up a lot of great questions of, if you posted that black square, did you donate? Did you share resources on how to help, how to educate yourself, how to be a better ally? And whenever there are big social movements like this, there's always confusion in the ranks of like, what is our message? Like you were saying, is there, we have a vision, but there's no clarity. And right now, since we have no effing leader in the White Mm -hmm. House, everyone's desperate for a leader. Tell me what to do. What should we do? I want to help. What should I do? And exacerbated by the fact that we're at home, jobless, no school, no sports. People want to know what to do and who is going to really tell us. Right. And we saw that confusion and mess around with that um, blackout Tuesday. Is there a way to reach someone, though, like that girl that did that performative activism? Because if it was genuine, I have to believe that she didn't realize that she's not helping, right? Is there a way that we can reach someone like that who who wants to be involved enough to at least go down and drive and take a picture? Is there a way to say, look, you're not helping, but here's how you can? She got to figure it out. We can't <laughs> give these people the keys. We can't give these people the keys. Like we've had to figure out this system and how to navigate it. You got to fucking figure it out. Mm-hmm. 
I had um I had someone who I was going on a back and forth and and you know you it's I have I have all this energy that I need to be putting elsewhere so I kind of was thinking like why am I still sitting in this in this back and forth with this person but eventually he did see the lights right and he was just like you know what thank you for taking the time to speak with me thank you for taking the time to not go all the way left with me in regards to your response I know this is a difficult time and so I I totally feel the same way and like we've have this our entire life we've had to figure it out but that moment with that that gentleman that person did teach me that okay if if there is some if I reach out and there is the are there are some um there's this energy, there's this feeling that I, that and there's responses that I think they're going to change. I think they're willing and open to see how they can help and how they can be more educated than, um, then go towards it. I, I felt that with him because he, he was just, he was saying some valid things. And again, it wasn't derogatory. It wasn't, um, uh, uh bashing, but you have to pick and choose. A lot, I would say no, but there are some people who want to learn. There are some people who just don't know. And if they, if they, if there are people that just put up the square and nothing else, for me, I wash that out of my my social media. Like anyone yeah. who just did one and didn't do the other, you definitely just did it for the looks. You definitely just did it just so you can be a part or not to be chastised. You know, some people yeah. just put it like, "Don't come and attack me," so I can go ahead and live my life while yeah. we're still over here dying. You know, yeah. so. I, um, but then there were ones who put up the square and nothing else and then said, how are you doing? And I said, well, you know, let me tell you really how I'm doing. And then I'm going to speak on your just black square. And they were like, oh, I, I don't, I don't know what to put up. So can you please tell me? So it's a, it's a really sticky situation with that. But if someone's willing and open to learn more, then I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to teach them. Yeah. I, I love what? that. Cause, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just want to say I respect that. I think I'm emotional. I'm actually like, I, I got like 300 new followers in the past two days and most of them are white and most of them were posting the squares and most of them were posting, you know, my account, like, you know, I'm following a black account. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's getting kind of weird. Um, but I do think there's some good, like you said, in it to be found. Um, I'm going live today with Danny DMC. She's a, a really big influencer with fashion model plus size and she's an ally and she has all these resources. So I'm going to utilize that to kind of, you know, continue to spread awareness and get them educated. And I don't think you're just emotional. I think you're tired because I'm tired yeah. because I, I think a lot of our allies also don't realize that we've been educating since we were born. I've been dealing with people that genuinely wanted to know more since I was like five and telling them, okay, don't touch my hair. This is what my hair looks like. From that little thing since I was a kid. So yeah. sometimes you get to adulthood and you're just tired of educating and you have to do work to sit in that space where you're willing to still educate and say, wait, I understand that you are coming from a genuine spot, but it's not always easy uh, for us as well, even if they are coming from a genuine, a genuine space too. Yeah. It's, so problematic and it reeks of privilege of white privilege that it is the responsibility of the oppressed to educate the oppressor girl <laughs> but you know what i also think that's a natural i i think it's a natural tendency to say okay well i'm willing to learn so go ahead and teach me but i think you have to come at it and realize we've been doing this for a while and we're tired you know um but right. we've got to talk about that leadership you brought that up jackie so so many things have gone viral. Of course, Trump's walk to this church and holding up this Bible. 
um, as some sort of symbol of power. Um, and of course, his comments have been about law and order. And he believes this is helping the country. Of course, I don't know, where I'm from where I sit, I don't understand how he can possibly think that these comments are helping to heal the divide whatsoever. What are your guys' takes? And what is it do you think that he's thinking that this helps? This man is so divisive. And here's the thing. He has very idiotic tendencies, but this man is no idiot, okay? When he holds up the Bible, when he has that dog and pony show clearing out protesters with tear gas so he can have a photo op, what he's doing, it is blatant dog whistle politics because the people who follow him, those white supremacists, know what that image means. Doesn't make sense to us. They know what that means. They know the language he's using, the rhetoric when he when he uh, alludes to certain people as thugs, looters, uh, he tries to, he racializes everything, every mistake that he doesn't want to be responsible for or take, be culpable in any way, he racializes it. Whether it's COVID-19, calling it the Chinese virus, saying looters are thugs, it's so obvious and it is so blatant and he wants all of us to be so distracted by what is going on that we don't focus on all of his mistakes and how he has failed us as a leader and and just be a total in total disarray so that he can just slide into four more years of this disastrous bs it's so obvious i'm like you know <sighs> What are your thoughts, Carrie? I'm still too tight to talk. <laughs> for real, for real. I think some, I don't even tune in to the president, to be honest. I think I drank for the first time in a long time when he became president, and I just stopped listening to him. And every piece of information that I get about Trump matches the same energy that we started with. Like, we knew he was crazy. He doesn't make any sense, and he's dangerous. That's a very dangerous person to have control of so many things. So I'm no longer surprised by the things that he says and the things that he does. All I can do is really focus on my community and what I can control and getting us to vote, being more proactive um, and governing ourselves. Cause this, I, we, there's nothing to say about this man. I obviously have the same thoughts, uh, but I, I wanna know what would it look like if he, if he were to right now say, look, I'm gonna lead the proper way. What, what, what do you guys think it would look like for you for that to happen? You need to go what are the steps you would just take? Literally, just literally leave out the door. Like everyone else <laughs> handle the paperwork. I'm going to leave for you. I clearly don't know anything about paperwork politics and rules and regulations. So, and, and everyone will gladly handle that situation. That's what I need. I need to just literally walk out the door. You know, well, I think we say that, but that's not exactly true because he has built around him all yes people who are advancing this agenda, right? Um, there's something that the president, you know, if we lived in some sort of effing fantasy world, <laughs> a leader is supposed to, when the country is completely spiraling into chaos, which is what we're seeing, he's supposed to address the nation and a call for peace. Yeah. Instead, he goes and hides in his bunker, tweeting from there, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. What the hell is that? That's a call to action. You know what I mean? 
So instead of addressing the nation, a national address aired on every platform saying, don't do this, we're going to reform the police, it is up to me to make a difference. He would never, he's never gonna say that. What he's gonna do is just reinvigorate his base. And really quickly, you know, we talk about having these tough conversations with certain people, should we have them? Is it worth our energy? Um, one, I listened to this New York Times podcast, The Daily, one time talking about this man who was born into the KKK, the son of one of the big KKK leaders, right? And after um, Barack Obama won the presidency, they mobilized so quickly to know to infiltrate and win every state and local election, because that's how you build. And then ultimately they won the White House. The reason why we were able to get this intel from this man born into hatred, right? The son of a KKK leader is because once he went to college, black and Jewish leaders sat with him almost every, once a week for one year to help him unlearn his racism. And yes, that required him showing up because he thought he was going to debate and win them over, but they eventually won him over. And because of that, we are now given this glimpse into, oh, that's how they work, right? And it was because of this patience and grace from these minority leaders. And so I often think of that example when I am faced with these racist, privileged thoughts and I go, I just want to like a goic reaction, go, you like you're so stupid and then i think okay well if those like black and jewish leaders could sit with that kkk leader for mm -hmm. like one year and turn him around i can do i can do it too mm -hmm. you know I, I just hope that's not what it's going to take because i feel like you know we're <laughs> at the, st the stage now where it's like things have to happen fairly immediately um so i want to talk a little bit about biden now and his choice of vice president vice presidential candidate does he have to pick a black uh, vice president? He's already committed to picking a female. We've got Kamala Harris, the former uh, AG, and now Senator Kamala Harris, and we've got Representative Val Demings, who seem to be leading the race. But how important is it that Biden pick a black a black vice presidential candidate? For me, um, I am Nigerian that got my citizenship 2016 and I'm so excited that I get a chance to vote. And now I've always said, I've always wanted, you know, I mean, our best shot was um, Hillary Clinton, but imagine a, a Michelle Obama sitting as president. Imagine the change that we would have had with Michelle Obama. Imagine, yeah, a change, you know, um, but, and this might not be the opinion that, <laughs> that people are uh, for. I, for me, as, a, as, a, as, a, as someone who just got a chance to be able to start voting, um, there is a need. There's a need. I would like to see it to be a, a, a female and it be a Black female. Um, but in regards to the two that have been chosen, I have, for me, I have um, problems with both. So... Who's better of the two? I still don't know as a voter. As, as a voter, I'm still researching. I'm still looking into who has le less, lower problems, less of a problem than the other. But right now, uh, I know what he needs. And, and I, for, I would just have to keep researching in regards to the two. Um, but it's like picking the, the, the best of the, of the not, so, not so good, so. <laughs> How, how do you feel, Carrie? 
I honestly don't know a lot about either of the candidates. I just got updated with uh, Kamala, right? Yeah. And uh, that's not looking like a win. I think that just because they're Black doesn't mean that they're going to be for us. It doesn't mean that they're going to fight against the things that have been holding us back for so long. There's no guarantee. And when it comes to politics, that's really, like, it's a game. You know what I'm saying? So it would just, you would hope that it would be better, but there's no guarantee. Will your motivation to vote increase or decrease as if he picks a non, if he picks a Black VP versus a white VP? Again, I'd, I'd have to go back and do the research because I'm interested in the messaging and the history of that person more so than I'm invested in what they look like. And how about you, Jackie? For me, Kamala Harris, I know a lot, you know, every person in politics, they have to compromise, right? Mm -hmm. To get to where they are, they have to compromise. Maybe their voting records, certain things they were pressured, we don't know. But I feel like Kamala Harris is someone who is an advocate for the advancement of people of color, point blank period. She is not only African-American, she's South Asian as well, so she's Galatian. She has um, so much experience as attorney general, um, she's, woke 100%. And if Joe, she would add so much, um, for me, prestige and, and glamour to that ticket if she was the VP. And I think she would get so many more votes from the black community and um, the Asian community too, right? Since she's yeah. mixed. Yeah. And I think a lot of, oftentimes we have to remember as well, Joe, Joe Biden is really old. So, you know, VP is really important. The same argument yeah. that we have for Palin and McCain, right? It's like, why is it that the president now, this is the hardest job in the country, the most stressful, and yet people are getting this job in their effing 70s. I don't even understand it, right? Yeah. Like, well, you shouldn't be that old with this high stress powerful job and um you know biden did his eight years he's an ally he says a lot of problematic things but it's like who am i gonna vote for trump or this guy uh yeah. this guy you know yeah. and so Kamala harris for me um i i think she's a great option she's an ex-cop right she she no, was city and county DA. I mean, she put away a lot of African Americans. So I I though there's a, there's this woke, but there when people get in a certain responsibility, it's like cops to say, oh, I'm a cop, and um, you know, I'm a good cop. But the good cops, if there are any good cops, are sitting there watching other cops kill people. So when you get into a position, I get there's these political. It's, it's either you fight against until you can't fight anymore or you or you you see you get out that seat so as a city and council da i found she had a position she had an ability to help she had an ability to be that shield for african-americans so to have put away so many i'm like i can't that's that's one of my qualms with her um sydney because like you said you know biden is old you know who i need to see who's going to be sitting in the presidential seat I don't, me personally don't, I don't trust in that factor. Um, and that's the same thing with Val Demings. Now I'm saying- Oh well, yeah, she, Val Demings is a former chief of police. She bleeds blue, you know, like, she's a, and she had her situations where there were people in her precincts um, that, you know, uh, tried to pay off, off on the side, um, a whole case about a, a veteran being killed by a police officer, where the first thing should have been, you're fired, you're jailed, 
and or, or you're going to trial and, and you're getting charged and, and, and so on and so forth. So for both of them being um, African-American and having so many stories and so many tacks on their list of against us, even though I, I can't balance that. So right does Stacey now. Abrams appeal to you? Stacey Abrams does appeal to me. Yes, she's green. Yes, but she was close to governorship. You know, um, uh, she was backed by Bernie. Uh, she, the, again, the less tainted, right? So for me, I would say Stacey Abrams, if that's a running. Yeah. And, and so, and Kaori, I'll ask you, are you a Biden 2020 regardless, or are you voting wise, if you feel comfortable sharing here? I do believe voting is very important. And I'm I'm all for the theory of anybody with this clown. <laughs> hey, I think you're in good company. That's all I got. Uh, and how about how about UOB? Uh, is this for you a Biden 2020 regardless, or you still need to look at what's going going to happen to determine your vote? Biden 2020, regardless. Ah, don't trust. Um, no, yeah, I need more research. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't truthfully say. I mean, I, I'm going to vote, right? Yeah. I'm going to vote regardless. You know what? I'm going to vote regardless. That's my stance for now. <laughs> now research on who and why. That's later. But I'm voting regardless. And and Jackie, you 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 seem all in on Biden. You know what? It's. Okay, it's not because of Biden. It's like, you know, yeah. I'm going to be exercising my right to vote. It would be a shame if people are upset and protesting in the street and not using their real power where it counts because they don't like the candidate, right? Yeah. But voting for Biden is voting for the Democratic Party, right? Yeah. And it's like the former president Barack Obama said, we have to vote not only at the federal level, it really starts at your local state elections, your mayor, your mayor is the one who appoints your chief of police, things like that, right? And for me, I think a lot of people, you know, there's so many jokes about it too. The shirts are like settle for Biden because it's like Dave Chappelle says, what are you gonna pick? You're, are you not gonna vote? Are you gonna be that idiot that just doesn't vote and waste their civic duty and waste this amazing privilege that so many people have fought for because you don't like the candidate. Think about which party do you align with best, which belief system? Because if you are going to complain about Trump for the next four years and your ass didn't vote, then you can just shut the fuck up. You know? Oh, shoot. That's Agreed. a lot of cursing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and in breaking news, in breaking 2020 news, which is never expected to hear. Um, Defense Secretary Mark Esper came out and said he does not support the use of military troops on civilians. Mm -hmm. um, Trump wants to use the Insurgency Act to go ahead and use the military on civilians. And the Defense Secretary had to come out and say he doesn't support that. And it, the world is waiting to see if he resigns or is fired. What did you guys feel about the military presence that changed over the last couple of days? I know here in LA, you know, all of a sudden you walk down and there was a National Guard out in force. Um, what do you guys feel about that? How did that change the tenor for you? I'm heartbroken. I've seen so many different images of children with these guns bigger than them pointed at them. I've, it's just gotten so ridiculous. 
And I just, I just keep checking on people, anyone that wants to protest and be out in these streets. And now we got this curfew that just seems like they only give us this curfew 45 minutes before they need us to be in the house, which is the dumbest shit ever. It feels yeah. like a setup. I feel yeah. like this was super intentional and I'm just, I'm just watching. And, and LA gets moved up, moved up, moved up the same day, you know, six o'clock, well, five o'clock, four o'clock. Yeah. How you gonna tell me in 20 minutes I gotta be at home? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And only um, in the affluent neighborhoods, a 1 p.m. curfew for Beverly Hills and Santa Monica. Get mm -hmm. the F out of here. Come on. Yeah. You know, is it 1 p.m.? 1 yeah. p.m. Yeah. 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 That everybody has to be in the house. Yeah. <laughs> Except white people. You know, people who live in Beverly Hills are able to walk do through what they from need to their do, house. Yeah. Yeah. Or people out there. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, I dropped my mom uh, to and fro from work and I literally had palpitations because, um, you know, I'm going to be on the road during curfew. And she, she had a letter from her for our hospital saying that she could be out as an essential worker. And then I told her to write on top of that letter that I was a daughter of an essential worker, that I'm driving her at these times. And then I made copies and I put one here on the side of several copies in my, um, in my glove department box and one in my bra. I know it sounds insane. I know it sounds extra, but I mean, everything that's going on right now is like the movies, right? So my mm -hmm. actions are like the movies. Be extra yes. just in case. I don't want to be caught without this for, or any reason for them to say, oh, we killed her because she didn't have proper paperwork. Or even if I, even with my proper paperwork, they can still do anything that they want to do. So uh, that kleptocrat, that kleptocrat called uh, 45 in there, doesn't care about us. He's putting out this militia so that he can do what he's been trying to do with coronavirus, that uh, lack of support and lack of medical uh, um, safety with coronavirus and everything else he's been doing since he's seated there, since before he got uh, into the presidential seat, he's been working into this. So I'm, I'm just, I'm scared for this militia uh, um, action. I'm, I'm scared for the protesters that are out there. We've had protesters, protesters have died since all of this has started and. Um, it's it has to stop or it's just if people are back against the wall it's it's going to be head to head and um it's scary it's mm -hmm. yeah i, I want to go ahead no go ahead no, no what were you gonna say i was gonna say we're at this really fragile moment we're at this precipice of two different outcomes right either we're gonna win and there's gonna be actual change or we're one step towards a fascism, a fascist society. The way that he's in, um, implementing the National Guard, it's very much one step towards martial law, right? And the way you see certain images from protesters, um, boots on the ground, where they're being set up with bricks, you know, government, they're laying out bricks so that the protesters can, can destroy buildings when it's like they're putting weapons there for us to use, right? And, um, I just really feel like we all need to realize and remember history. Like this is how this happens when you have this person with this insurmountable amount of power uh, who wants to lead America into some sort of dictatorship, a fascist dictatorship, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of my friends had brought that up to me and I just go, oh, I'm hopeful that we're gonna win and not that. So well, this is certainly the moment know, we decide, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to ask you guys if there is one thing that an ally can do today 
to help the movement, um, what can they do? I'll start with you, Jackie. Well, you've, I think you've been an excellent, I think you've been a model um, for an ally. And so I think people should definitely be looking towards you if, if they're looking for that. So yeah, what, what, are, what sort of I'm your- I'm your ally. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you are. And you know, I, I think there are differences and similarities. And I think it's important though that even as minorities, we all are sticking together on this and that we see each other too. For me, I think what everyone can do uh, to be a better ally is to truly educate yourself, right? Is to, I, I'm reading, I've read so many things. I'm rereading new things. Um, I'm having very difficult conversations with my friends and family. Um, and most of all, I'm donating. So I'm not just talking some shit right here. I'm actually putting money, money that I don't even have to the cause <laughs> and encouraging my followers to donate and a lot of people love the showmanship of donations so i'm like show me your donation and i'll repost you right yeah. if that's going to be the catalyst to get you to donate show me and i'll i'll raise the roof for you all of this stuff right yeah. and a lot of times when you're in this fight you feel like i'm exhausted and these conversations i have are just to the wall no one cares but my mom just told me before i got on this call that she was talking to one of my aunts who is very racist and she thinks she's better than everyone because she has a white boyfriend and she was saying some shit and my mom goes no these need to happen for human rights or else it's going to continue again and that's why these protests need to happen and my aunt went i don't want to talk to you anymore and my mom just wrote back lol and she told me and i went oh my god <laughs> the little seed that i planted like is is sprouting mm -hmm. that she's able to stand up for what's going on to other relatives and i feel like all of, if i can mobilize my community of first generation kids to have these conversations and stuff that's the best thing you can do and also whenever i call whenever i talk to all my black friends just listen listen and don't ask them to help you and tell you that you're not a racist and that and to validate what you're doing just listen i love that carrie um, I've always been an advocate of the black dollar. So I think that everybody needs to spend their money with us, support black owned businesses, buy local. Um, our power is really